Hi, well, welcome to Grace Online. My name is Abigail, and I'm so excited to be here with you this evening, just sharing some things that God put on my heart with you all. Um, before we jump into things, I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you that you are here with us, that you dwell in us. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is upon us. Thank you, Father, that you are able to connect with our hearts. We thank you for your word that pierces through our heart, that gets to the place that you want to touch and reveals what you want to show us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, as you get ready to dive in, feel free to grab your Bible, grab a notebook if you want. Um, I'm going to be sharing some things that may be helpful to write down um, and going through some different points. So um, if you're a note taker, go ahead and grab what you need to do that. And with that, I'm just going to dive right in. Tonight, what I'm going to share about um, is I titled it Prayers That Move Heaven and Earth. Um, and I'm going to kind of share with you a little bit about the journey that I've been on. Um, you know, prayer has been a part of my life since I can remember. I grew up um, so blessed to grow up in a home where we learned about prayer and, and how to talk to God and, and present our needs to him and thank him um, and just what prayer is and, and what a relationship that is. Um, but about a year ago, really, I, um, I just was asking the Lord, um, what, what are the, teach me how to pray. Just kind of sat down with him and said, like, I know what I know about praying and, and it's a lifetime at, at the lifetime that I've had, um, of what I've been learning about prayer. Um, uh, but I just kind of sat down with him and said, I, I really want to go deeper. Would you show me how to pray prayers that would move your heart, that would move heaven? Um, because I know the things that I um, see in the earth, things that are affecting my life or the people that I know or the people that I love. Um, but I wanted to go beyond that. Um, and Holy Spirit had been speaking to me about connecting with intercessors and gathering intercessors and recognizing them. Um, and I feel like we're in a time right now where the those people that have answered that call to pray what's on God's heart um, it's just such a powerful anointing that's on their life. And it was something that um, I was really appreciating and wanting to learn more about was just knowing how to pray prayers that God would say, like, I, I have to do something about that prayer. And not because it was my prayer, because what I wanted to do more was align with his heart. Um, and I know that we can pray anything that's within his will. And we know the verses that we can, you know, that if we're connected with him, we can ask anything and he'll do it. Um, but you know how it is when you're a child. And I know that um, we've all been there. We've all been a child. And in the, in the family dynamic, when you're a little child, um, I don't know if you have children, but you realize quickly that they're most consumed with themselves, right? What do I want? What do I need? What would make me happy right now? Um, and so the relationship is so much, um, can I have this? Can I have that? Why can't I have that? I have to wait for that, right? Um, and so the dynamic when you're a little child is that your whole world is yourself, right? And you're just aware of what you need and what you want um, and willing to make those demands to get what you need and what you want, right? Um, and so as you grow, the beautiful thing about maturity, right, is that you begin to little by little realize Ah, uh, there's more to the world than me. Oh, other people have needs and wants and feelings. Um, and, and I can reach out to that and I can get on board with recognizing what's around me and, and caring a little bit more at a time, um, than just myself, right? Um, and it's an amazing thing to watch kids mature in that. 
Um, and as I started to realize that that's such a natural process in in a human child growing up, right? Our spirit man is the same way. Um, when we first meet the Lord and, and get to know about him, um, it is really easy to, to bring before him our own needs, our own wants, the things even that we see in other people's lives around us. Um, but when I sat down with the Lord not that long ago and just said, will you teach me to pray what's on your heart? Um, I noticed such a shift immediately and I have different notebooks that I've written down what I've been praying for and and everything in it had to do with, no surprise, either my own life, things in my own home, or the people that I knew and, and had influence in their lives. And so I knew what was going on. Um, but I've noticed as I've really asked the Lord to teach me, I'm writing down things that he's putting on my heart to pray for nations where I don't even know what's going on. And, and sometimes I'll look it up and, you know, I'll realize, oh, that maybe that's why you asked me to pray for that person or that nation. But it's been a beautiful journey of just letting him direct me and guide me and, and say, God, show me what's in your heart to pray. And as I've, as I've learned more about prayer, um, I've also been able to see in the Bible that there are just some real specific types of prayers that either Jesus prayed or are mentioned in the Bible. And it's like, wow, okay, I can see the way you've highlighted that, that that is something that's really near and dear to your heart, Father God. And so today I want to just share with you and kind of invite you into this journey a little bit. Maybe you pray every day and you ask the Father what's on his heart and you pray for that. And that's amazing. And maybe like me, this is a little bit new to you where you're like, I've prayed for what I know to pray for. And I hadn't really thought or experienced a lot of moving beyond that into, well, God, what's on your heart, even beyond what my mind would know about. Um, but there are some some different things that I see in the Bible that have stirred my heart to pray more than I've ever prayed. So I've walked with the Lord, I'd say almost my whole life. In the last year, I've prayed more intensely than ever before because I would say what has shifted for me is not just being aware of what is on his heart, but actually getting his heart for those things. And that's the biggest shift for me that I've seen is it's really easy to say words and, and pray the prayer, but everything shifts when your heart breaks for the things that his heart breaks for. And the first thing that has really come alive in me is praying for the lost, whether it's someone I know or just in general, knowing that the father's heart is groaning to see a harvest in the earth. I've prayed for the lost with a passion that I've never had before because when you ask him what's on his heart and he enables you to see things the way that he sees and even feel what he feels, you're able to sit there in a moment and your heart is broken for what his heart is broken for. And suddenly you care about it the same way that he does. And I think that's the beautiful things when you ask him, Father, show me what to pray for. What's on your heart? What do you care about? It moves beyond I'll say these words because I'm supposed to. And it moves into my heart is filled with passion for what your heart is filled with passion for. And I'm going to throw the full force of my being into these prayers because suddenly my heart is engaged, not just my mind, not just what I know to pray, but my heart is completely invested in what I'm praying for. And so the prayers that move heaven and earth, I'm going to start with praying for the lost, like I said, and that starts with honestly just saying, Father, give me your heart for the lost. 
I think all of us probably know someone that you would say they're not walking with the Lord. They don't know him. And I even know people that maybe grew up in the church or grew up knowing about God, like in a, in a mind way. But when you look at their life and you hear their heart and their experiences, it's really clear that they actually haven't really encountered and met Jesus. And I think about that and you think about the story of Saul and how he had so much zeal and so much passion to serve the Lord in the way that he knew, which was terrible, right? But he he knew what he knew in his mind about God. But one day everything changed when he met Jesus, right? And so I think, and for me, the most powerful thing that I've learned is actually praying for anybody that I know, and even people I just encounter, they don't know I'm praying for them in the store, in a restaurant, but I'm just constantly aware of the Father's heart to reveal himself and for people to encounter Jesus. And so whether I know someone grew up knowing about Jesus their whole life, or whether I have no idea if they've ever heard of him, one powerful prayer we can pray is, Jesus, will you encounter and reveal yourself to this person? Maybe it's in a dream. Maybe it's as they're driving their car and your presence just fills their car. Maybe um, they walk into a church and they encounter his presence. But whatever it is, that's the beauty. It's like, God, I don't care how you do it. I just know you want to. And I'm asking, I'm going to be that person that stands between and says, will you move in this person's life? Will you reveal yourself to them the way that you did for Saul when he thought that he was serving you? And he really had no idea what it actually looked like to know you. And so asking the father, would you reveal yourself? Would you reveal your son to these people who need to know you desperately and who've maybe never encountered or experienced just the fact that you love them? How amazing would that be for people that we know that we would say, we want them to know you, Lord. How amazing would it be for the light bulb to come on and in their heart, they have an experience where they would say, I have felt the love that God has for me and I'm never going back, right? Um, I think about in Matthew 9 where he tells his, his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And he says, ask the Lord to send workers into his harvest field. And so that's something that I've been praying for is God, send more workers. And what does that really mean? Send me, right? I'll go. Tell me who you want me to share your love with and I'll do it. And also just praying. Um, there might be people that we know and, and we've shared with them about Jesus's love and, it, and their heart is still softening and it hasn't hit home yet. And sometimes I'll just pray, God, send more workers to them. Let them hear the gospel in different ways from different people. Let them see it in the lives of different people. And so sending workers into the harvest is something that Jesus invited us to ask the Father. It's amazing when you see through the Bible the things that Jesus said, hey, ask my Father for this, or the things where God said, ask me and I'm going to do this. Ask me to do this. I want you to ask me. And so praying for the lost is an invitation that's given to us so many times. Um, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 through 6, God our Savior wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So it's clear right there, right? If you'd say, I don't really know how important this is. God wants all people to be saved. And then it says there's one God and one mediator between God, who is the man Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. I love these verses that show the different um, people of the Trinity, God, the Father and Jesus working together because God wants everyone to know him 
And Jesus made that possible, right? He gave himself as a ransom so that we could be connected with him, so that we could be a part of his family. And so again, the first um, the first thing, the first prayer that moves heaven and earth is praying for the lost. It's so powerful to get his heart for people that are not yet, have not yet been brought into his kingdom and ask the father to move on their behalf to reveal himself to them. The second one is something that is um, also fairly new for me, I would say. It's something that I had been taught to pray before. And so in my head, I knew it. Um, and it had actually at times seemed a little bit weird to me because my heart wasn't connected with it. But the call to pray for Israel, to pray for God's original people to be saved. Um, it says in Psalm 122, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. Romans 10.1 says, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. It's so clear that his heart beats to know this. Um, and it talks in Romans 11.25 and 26. He says, Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the Gentiles have come in. And in this way, or at this point, all of Israel will be saved. I've been diving so much lately into Zechariah, and it's amazing how it just, I feel like in reading that and in seeing his heart for Israel, for Jerusalem, it's enabled me to open my heart to feel what he feels. It says in Zechariah chapter eight, verse two, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. My love for Mount Zion is passionate and strong. I am consumed with passion for Jerusalem. And I know it, it's easy and it was for me. I know I used to kind of think like of the idea that the Israelites were God's people before. And that now there's this invitation for us, but it almost felt like if I acknowledged how beloved his people were to him and that I had been invited in later, that it was like, well, what am I saying then that I'm an afterthought, that I'm not as valuable, that I'm not as precious. And it's amazing how it's shifted for me as he's just really showed me and given me his heart for Jerusalem, for Israel, and for all the Jewish people that need to experience that his son, Jesus, is the Messiah. It's been so amazing for me. And it's like, I have a special place in my heart for them the way that he does now. I don't feel like, well, is that saying that I was I was less important, that I, I came second, so I don't matter as much, I'm not as special to you. But it's been amazing to just feel like, wow, I have this special place in my heart that, that when I think of those places, when I think of those people in my heart, it beats a, a little bit differently and it's pulled towards them. It's in Zechariah 12 also, it says, the Lord will give victory to the rest of Judah first. And the people of Jerusalem in the royal line of David uh, will not have greater honor than the rest of Judah. On that day, the Lord will defend the people of Jerusalem. Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and the people of Jerusalem. They will look on me whom they have pierced and they will mourn. And so it says that there's gonna be a day when when they realize that, wow, Jesus, he's the Messiah. And it's going to shift their heart towards the Lord because they'll realize what he did for them. Um, I was praying not too long ago and I had this vision of of the father just waving these these white banners of peace all over throughout the city of Jerusalem. And, and, and my heart 
broke in that moment so much for what his heart is longing for. And so I would just challenge you that if praying for Israel, praying for Jerusalem, praying for the Jewish people is not something that that you've made a practice of doing, and you'd say that does seem a little bit strange because it's not something my heart is connected to. Just ask the Father, show me your heart for this. Show me your heart for these people so that I can pray your desires for them. Um, there really is nothing like getting his heart and knowing that you're praying for something really because he's asked you to partner with him, right? Um, there's three more things that I'm going to talk about. So the first one again was praying for the lost. The second one was praying for Israel. Another prayer that really moves heaven is praying for government leaders. In second Timothy chapter, or first Timothy chapter two, verse one and two, um, he writes, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness and i love this verse because he's saying not just hey pray for these people for their sake but it's going to benefit and bless you that you're praying for your government i can't even imagine the amount of wisdom that would be needed for someone in our government today just the amount of decisions that would cross their desk and the pressure that they face. I mean, if you think about the fact that they um, are usually funded by different organizations and there's so much pressure for them to make decisions from all sides, right? You've got this opinion and this opinion and that opinion and, and none of them are the same. And so um, I can only imagine how being a government leader today and maybe every, every you know, throughout history would feel like that it's impossible to please everyone. And no matter what decision you make, um, there's someone that's unhappy with it. And so how much more should we be praying for our government leaders to have encounters with Jesus so that at the end of the day, when they make their decisions, they can know that there's really only one person that they make decisions for, and that's Jesus, right? That they can know at the end of the day that I made these decisions and I know that the Father would be pleased with the decisions that I made today. I can't imagine, again, the amount of wisdom that they need. And so, and the Father offers all the wisdom that we need. He says, ask and I'll give you wisdom. And so for us to be able to put ourselves in their position and ask on their behalf for wisdom is something that's so valuable to be able to, to be able to think outside of ourselves and what that experience is like for them and what they would need and what the Father would be longing to give them in the place of authority and influence that they're in. And so a challenge would be just to think of government leaders. Um, and I love to think of government leaders that I don't necessarily um, agree with a lot of their decisions and just ask for the Father's heart for them. Again, because everything shifts when you're praying out of his heart, right? And so it's so easy to look at different leaders and decisions they make and think, oh, I feel connected with that one, but not that one, right? Um, but what God is saying is pray for everyone in authority because he longs for them to know him and not just so they can make decisions on our behalf, but because he loves them, right? And so as we get their his heart for those people, for those leaders, for those in authority, and I would even say this is true of celebrities. I've prayed for people that I um, that I never thought I would have had a heart for before um, that maybe influence entertainment or our culture in ways that that I don't love, but I I see and, and, you know, even just through spending time with the Lord or dreams he gives, it's like, I see how much he longs to reveal himself to those people. And so it's so easy to ask for things that you feel his heart on so much. 
So praying for government, if that's something that you've not done before, um, just choose anyone. Um, it could be someone that you don't really agree with or love their decisions and just take some time to ask the father, show me your heart for this person and how can I pray for them? Um, so again, number one, praying for the lost. Number two, praying for Israel. And number three, praying for our government leaders. Um, another prayer that moves heaven is even just praying for the church. Um, you know, I know that when Jesus was about to go to heaven, he knew or he was about to go to the cross, actually. Um, before he went to the cross, he took time not just to pray for the people that he knew that he walked with his disciples, but he prayed for everyone who would ever be a part of his family, everyone who would ever be in a church, who would ever serve him. And he prayed specifically for oneness and unity. And so whenever you think of praying for the church, of praying for believers, pray for a unity, pray for a oneness. Something that Jesus longed to see was that we as his children would be connected with each other in a level of oneness that he and the Father and the Holy Spirit had had, right? He prayed in John 17, Father, let them be one as we are one. And he prayed so clearly that he asked that his glory would rest upon us, that we would see his glory. And so the things that Jesus asked for for us, that's a great starting place because we already know he wants this for us, right? And so picking up those things that Jesus prayed and diving, really diving into John 17 and saying, Okay, I feel like he is calling me to pray for the church, to pray for his his body. And what do we do then? We dive into John 17 and see what, what did Jesus ask for all who would believe. And we can start to take those things and ask him to really, um, really put them in our hearts deeply so that as we're praying for things, it's we're praying his heart, we're praying his desires. Um, so again, praying for the lost, praying for Israel, praying for government leaders, praying for the church. Um, and then um, praying for revival, just praying for him to move. All through the Bible, he talks about how he longs to pour his spirit out. Um, we've all, I'm sure, read in Acts 2 and in, in Joel where he talks about in these last days, I'm going to pour my spirit out. I'm going to give you dreams. I'm going to give you visions. You're going to prophesy. You're going to know my heart. And so he is longing to reveal himself more and more and more. In Acts 11, um, there's an amazing story that Peter's sharing about the encounter that he had with Jesus. And it says that as he shared the story in order to bring people into an understanding of the gospel, it says as he shared that story, the Holy Spirit came on them as he did in the beginning. And so we know that in Acts 2, Holy Spirit came, came in power with tongues of fire, with the ability to speak in other languages, but he also came again that same way. And so if he came once and then he came again, he can and would love to come back again and reveal himself in power and rest upon us in ways that we may not have experienced yet. And so we're asking for that more. We're asking for greater revelation. We're asking for an increase in our ability to connect with his presence and become aware of his presence. And we're asking his Holy Spirit to rest on us even more than we've ever experienced it before. His heart is so moved and so pulled towards hunger. And so prayers for more of him, it's something that's always in line with his heart, right? It's so easy to know that. And the sixth and last prayer that I want to share with you today is from Revelation 22. And it's simply where um, we see that the people in the earth groaning, come Lord Jesus. Um, I know for myself, this hasn't been something that I've thought to pray a lot because I just, you know, know that he'll come when he comes. Um, but 
I've really been so much lately realizing that um, there's just a beautiful thing in letting him know that we look forward to um, to being able to to see him return and to and to being able to be with him. Even though we are with him in spirit, being able to be with him in a way that um, is more present than we can even be right now. It's just such a powerful thing. And so um, more than anything, it just expresses that desire that Jesus, we're looking forward to you coming. So I wanna really challenge you guys that um, this has been an incredible learning time for me to, to dive into prayer. And um, again, there's probably a lot of you that have been praying these things much longer than I have. Um, and that's amazing. Um, but hopefully something tonight um, just really connected with you and resonates with you. And um, if anything, I would just hope that out of tonight, that you would find one of the one of the areas that I've shared today and and just bring it before the Lord and say, give me your heart for this type of situation or for these people. Um, so go ahead and bow your head with me and, and just take a moment and say, Father God, what do you want me to pray for? What do you want to put on my heart um, to really to move towards and, and to capture your heart? And, and what can I pray for? What do you want to see my prayer life increase and move towards? And, and what's something that you care about that I can pick up and that I can care about too in that way? Um, so again, thanks for joining us. Excited to see how you engage with the Father's heart and pray for things that, that really move heaven and, 